Hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you fine folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, The Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. This week on It's Too Wordy, we're going to party like it's 2099. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comics from their childhoods and today. I am Kirk. I'm Ryan. How are we doing guys? Sophie's in the background, as Good. you can tell. So, this week we're going to be discussing the beginning of the 2099 series, I guess, isn't it? The relaunch of the 2099s, yeah. Yep, with Amazing Spider-Man number 33. And then we got Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters number one, dude, for Ninja Turtle knockoffs. Which one do we want to start with first? Spider-Man. Spider-Man, what do we think? Meh. Meh. <laughs> I got excited. It started off strong. I'm like, oh, Spider-Man 29 immediately. Yeah. Fantastic. Spider-Man 2099, my favorite Spider-Man. Yep. And that lasted, what, four pages? And then... Then it went to a Silver Sable story. My favorite part of the book was that it was Pat Gleason. Yeah. I mean, the art's great. And Nick Spencer does a really good job with the writing on most things, and I think he's doing a decent job with Spider-Man. I feel like this is just, once he got into the regular Amazing Spider-Man storyline, it felt like it was the same old, same old. Yeah. Like another... I agree. Oh, you are you just shot my robots. LMD. LMD. LMD, yeah. It's like, geez, uh, Nick Fury, dude, I'm sick of this. I was waiting for symbiotes. Guys, I'm I'm a life model decoy. Okay? That explains a lot. Yep. That's why I'm not funny. I am a life I model am, decoy. I am hilarious. The end, I saw it kind of coming because they brought up his country and everything. Mm-hmm. But then when you see him getting out of the car, you're like, oh, okay. Which you know that's going to spin into the Doom 20. Yeah, was that Norman Osborn? Yeah. Yeah. Also. It was the chameleon, right? It was the chameleon. Was the chameleon as like, Norman Osborn. Yeah. I like that I don't remember seeing a comic book for a long time with chameleon in it. Yeah. So it was kind of nice they used him. But do we really need another book with Doom in it? Well, if this is the Doom that we want, I'm okay with that. Because the Doom that we want is not in the Doom book that they have. True. I guess we'll have to wait to find out if we get the Doom that we want. Yeah. I'll be curious because the 2099 storyline goes into Spider-Man 34. Yep. And then it goes off into the one sh- one or the offshoots of the 2999 series. 
I was looking at the Ghost Rider one, and I'm like, he looks like a... Terminator? Terminator. Yeah. I'm not sure how excited I am, because I am a 2099 fan as well. I'm like, can they rekindle that? So they've done, outside of the original Spider-Man 2099 story that they did, that went 36 or 38 issues or something like that, they also did two more recent Spider-Man 2099. Did they? And I read the first one all the way through, and I enjoyed that fairly well. The second one, he ended up in current day Marvel, so he was like hanging out with Peter Parker, and that that one I like. Uh, I like the idea of what they were doing in those twenty ninety nine books of yeah. This is what the future looks like, kind of like watching the Jetsons, and you're like, nope, wrong, 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 wrong. wrong. You know, now we're not in twenty ninety nine yet, so we don't know what that looks like, but right. I liked the imagination that they were using to create that idea of it. And uh, so having him come back in time, that's my other problem with like, uh, they did Secret Wars 2099 when they did Secret yeah. Wars 2. Yeah. Or the, not Secret it's Wars one 2, of the wars. Yeah, it was one of the secret things. <laughs> the wars, dude. Captain America was a female, which I have no problem with. Right. But they brought her kind of back in one of the storylines or something and she doesn't know she's captain america so when somebody says the word she turns into captain america and then her husband knows the word to turn her off from being captain america so she's captain planet i guess i don't i so i'm hoping it's more like the original stuff even ravage 2099 which doesn't deserve a ton of love but was good you know yeah he's still got the spider-man 2099 still got one of my favorite spider-man costumes he might for now. For now. Have you seen the suit that they have on the cover of issue one? No, I have not. Oh. Is it this one? No. No, it's different. I couldn't remember. It's kind of like white, and it's like day glow colors. So it's not like the cool Future Foundation No. white and black, which I found a, a pop figure for at Walgreens. I was like, oh, I gotta have it. All right, so what do we think, guys? Two and a half. Two and a half. Eh or eh. If you're looking for a Spider-Man 2099 book, wait. Yeah. Don't pick this one up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll go two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. I really just wish we could have seen him a couple of other panels throughout the book of what he was doing there opposed to. Yeah. Here's your Spider-Man 2099 and forget about him the rest of the book. Yeah. we. It's like Aquaman number 50 that you and I with Black Mantis. With Black Mantis and he shows up for maybe four panels. Yeah. I was like, well, why did you just not have it? Why didn't you just have, say Aquaman was going to be on a boat the whole episode? I'm on a boat. So next we're going to do Adolescent Radioactive Black Belt Hamsters number one. How do we think, guys? Uh, what do we think, guys? Out of all the Ninja Turtle ripoffs, I think this one is probably the better one. I agree with that. My favorite character was uh, Clint. With the Cyclops glasses and the Mohawk. On the, the gun. Yeah. He's like, he wanted a third hole. <laughs> <laughs> My biggest problem with it, and I mentioned it to Nick after I finished reading it, was I don't care if you're going to bring in presidents or whatever in a comic book or some kind of an event. Make it a past event. Mm-hmm. Don't make it a current event type thing. If it's a president, make up a president. Don't use a president that's in office. Sure. Because it makes the book feel really dated. Yeah. At that point. I know there's been plenty of other books out there that they make up a fake president 
or whatever. And it doesn't feel dated when you go back and read it. Yep. Where with this, I told Nick, I'm like, eh, it felt really dated. Which but president was in that one? Reagan. Reagan? Yeah. Okay. And they were talking about Billy Carter. Yeah. Too. And synchronicity. Uh, I listened to a podcast called Mobituaries, and he did a whole podcast on the most famous president's brother ever, Billy Carter. And then this came, I read that. I'm like, are you kidding me? Pretty awesome. I did enjoy how they each country came up with, oh, we'll give you Billy Carter to help solve this problem. And, yeah. Or we'll give you the... What was it, Bob sex, and Doug McKenzie. Bob and Doug... And then hey? Was it the Sex Pistols? Yeah. The sex Pistols from England. And we'll, and give, we'll give you, you four, hamsters. Four Poland, hamsters. Poland was like, we'll give you four hamsters. <laughs> it was really enjoyable. I chuckled. I, I actually thought it was kind of funny going back and looking at it. Well, they know that they were doing this from a humor point of view. And they that were, helps. Weren't trying really hard to be funny. Yeah. Right. And there's that the talk about like finding all the, the coke in the back of the DeLorean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, we don't advocate drug use. We are naturally weird. Yeah. Like, yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah. I mean, we used to say that when we were in high school. Like, we don't need drugs and alcohol. We're just been weird. Was it Clint that was high as balls? I think so. In the back? <laughs> I think in the other part that I thought was hilarious was... They had one last page, yep. and yep. they're like, oh, we finished our story already, so what should we do with this? And so it's a picture of the artist and the writer going back and forth. I thought that was kind of That was kind funny. of funny. Mm-hmm. As far as Eternal Knockoff, I, I do agree. I think this is probably the best one. I definitely say, um, if you're into the Turtles, check this out, too. Yep. Uh, they, they just don't take it very seriously. I definitely say this is a, a four. I go four. Yeah, it's a four. The artwork, like, I don't know how long it took this dude to do this, but it's not cross-hatched, it's just lines. Yeah. Alright, so who's our uh, D-lister this week, Ryan? Lila from Spider-Man 2099. Lila actually stands for Lyrate Lifeform Approximation. First appearance was Spider-Man 2099, number one, the original series. Created by Peter David and Rick Leonardi. She is the personal assistant of Miguel O'Hare, also known as Spider-Man, and assists in solving problems, combating threats, and recording personal journal entries. With one instance, she did plug herself into a worldwide news network to access information and was overcome with human emotion as a result in a system failure. In the aftermath of her shutdown, Lila began to act strangely. Miguel called and asked if his fiancée had called him, and she lied about that. She continued to feed him misinformation, evading his questions to why she was giving him misinformation. She did end up trapping the fiancé in a bathroom, attempting to kill her with scalding hot water, and ordered security droids to kill Miguel. Uh, once the fiancé was free, Miguel rescued her. He did manage to shut her down. He did take her to get her repaired, and finds out that the city's computer systems were inf- uh, infected with a virus, resulting in her behavior. And she looks like Marilyn Monroe. Yes. Yep. That's the only fun fact they had about Marilyn or about her. Really? Yeah. The fun fact. Here we are in November. We're creepingly slowly towards Christmas. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, probably kind of dig comic books, hopefully, right? Where is the best place in town to go buy comic books for Christmas? Krypton? That's a great answer. Yeah, Krypton. They have, coming up on the 29th and the 30th, 29th being Black Friday, they are doing a store-wide sale, and then 
not sure what the percentage of that's going to be yet. Then on that Saturday, the 30th, they are doing a mini-con with the Last Starfighters Entertainment Group. So there's going to be some podcasts there. There's going to be some artists there. Definitely worth checking out. And they'll have a discount running through the rest of the weekend on that as well. It's typically a little bit less than Black Friday. So keep that in mind. But they are stocking the shelves pretty heavily to uh, accommodate all the purchases people are going to be making. Cool. You go to that, right, Nick? I have to work. Do you? On Friday? Yeah. No, on this Saturday for the con. I uh, said I would show up for a little bit. That I might, way they I can might meet be there us for all. a while. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. The Random Reads. How many you got? Four. How many you got? Oh, Jesus. Okay, I'll go first. Four? So, <laughs> I have three, so we'll, we'll go two and a half. Because one of them I didn't like very much. So I picked up New Mutants number one. Pretty much it's got Rain, who is Wolfsbane. It's got Danny. It's got Chan. It's got Magic, Mondo, Sunspot, and Cypher. So, oh, forgot Chamber from Generation X. The gist of the story is there Sam's with his family in Shi'ar space. And they want to go get Sam. So they hijack, or they don't hijack, they hi- hitch a ride with uh, the Star Jammers. And one of my favorite scenes in the book is Magic's taking on Raza. I think that's who it is. And he punches her in the nose, and she cuts off his arm. He's like, you cut off my arm. She goes, you broke my nose. So I thought that was pretty funny. The whole point of the story is the Star Jammers take him to Shi'ar space. They thwart a robbery of something i don't want to give it away because i didn't really get what it was it's like an egg it was like an egg i don't know it's hmm. not like egg egg like the oh, no. reincarnation guy mm-hmm. it was just some type of like space egg i guess i'm gonna say my favorite book so far out of all <laughs> the uh-huh. x books that have come out is marauders okay i was gonna say this one no it's got hickman what'd you think of the, the art? art the art isn't as bad as i thought it was going to be. It's still not my favorite type, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, I saw a couple of glances of the page. That's why I looked at it real quick. And yeah, it's it not. It wasn't as bad from the glances that I saw, but it's not as bad as War Children. Yeah, <laughs> I might buy the second issue of this just because I want to see how they do the whole space thing. But I can cross this one off my list. Chamber looks like Tape Face from America's Got Talent. Yeah. I was looking at it and I'm like, yep, long, thin, wiry guy with tape, or like that, on that one page he had like the turtleneck over his mouth. Yep, that's what I'm he, like, why is yeah. he look, oh, that's tape face. Yeah. So, I'm going to give it a three. Okay, okay. Um, you can buy it if you want, if you don't, you're not going to miss anything. Or you could get it for a discount on Black Friday, Friday at Krypton. Now on to the, oh my god, why did I buy this? I wondered that when I saw that. I picked up Glow Summer Special. The Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. The Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. Hoping it wasn't based on the Netflix show. Yeah, some of the girls on the cover are the girls from the show. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I still was hoping when I opened it. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a skip. That's all I gotta say about that. And then <laughs> It's an awesome show. It is an awesome show. The comic book is shit. <laughs> 
then the last one I have, Nick gave gave me the assignment of reading the Green Lantern Quarters quarterly number eight, and this is the one where Jack T. Chance fights Lobo and defeats Jack T. Chance by covering himself in yellow blood. I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. It made my day at work go by fast because we were really slow that day, and I could read the entire thing just sitting there. Yeah, it's an awesome story. I highly recommend you pick it up. We've talked about what it's about yeah, before. Those, those quarterlies aren't as expensive as you'd think they are. So No. And they're pretty easy to find. Yeah, yeah, they are. It was really fun. So thanks, Nick. Yeah, no problem. And I bagged it for you. Oh, sweet. Thanks. So, Nick, let me borrow one of the greatest star comics ever made, Wally the Wizard. I Was this a cartoon? No. No. It reminded me of a cartoon I remember watching at some point. So, it, it was kind of like a Richie Rich in a Dungeons and Dragons age, is what it was. Mm-hmm. I really kind of dug it. It's fun. It was, yeah, it's a good little story. He saves a dragon's baby from a well, which comes into play later because he ha- he needs to have some help to fight off a villain, and the dragon came back and helped him. And Merlin's brother Marlin's in this. Marlin? Marlin. He's Please. got a brother named Marlin? Oh, you don't bring up Merlin around Marlin. Oh my god. No. He, it makes him very angry. Starts turning green and stuff. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> you won't like me when you mention Merlin. It was a fun story. I think the other part that I really enjoyed was, we've talked about how you look at some of these ads in these older books, and this was these were coming out right in the time of Saturday morning cartoons. And I remember some of these cartoons, you know, uh, and the, some of the books that they're making, they were making off these cartoons. Most Star Comics aren't all that expensive. Thundercats, He-Man, and Ewoks are probably the three top dollar ones. And not all those are horribly expensive. We're talking $10, $15. I think the Thundercats and the He-Man one are like 30 a piece for the first issue. But they are going to be hard to find for a complete run. Okay. For whatever reason, this is their kids' imprint. So this people didn't order a lot of the those books, but it makes it fun to go treasure hunt. So definitely, uh, if you ever have an opportunity to find Wally the Wizard, okay, do so. Next up, I love the title of this book, Heist or How to Steal a Planet. Nice. That's a good, uh, that's a good title right there. Catches your attention. Is it a good book? I really dug this. It's by Vault Comics. Um, I've read three or four different Vault books now. I've liked all of them. Uh, they seem to be like short story arcs, kind of like Aftershock does. With this one, a guy just gets out of jail, and he's not out more than like nine hours, and he's trying to put a crew together to do something. And he picks out these three individuals, and the one individual he picks happens to be the son of the prince, I think it was the princess of this planet. The reason she, he went to jail was he set the princess up, and got her killed. Oops. Yeah, so when he was trying to set up these people, he's like, well, this glass guy may be able to get him, maybe he'll not be able to, you know, depending on how he feels about me. There's a kid trying to show him around the planet, and he keeps talking about, um, yeah, this is the most ruthless planet in the world. He goes, everybody can get away with anything around here. And he goes, the only person that's ever had a problem here is the guy that just got out of jail. He didn't realize it was him and they run into somebody and they they're like oh hey how are you doing he's like oh you're the guy that 
just screwed up the whole planet. <laughs> and um, he's he knows he's getting chased by bounty hunters. One bounty hunter tried to kill him on an elevator, and the guy goes, not in front of the kid. And the bounty hunter's like, okay. And he just walked off and comes and she comes back at him later. I, I, I'm like, okay. A bounty hunter with a conscience. That's kind of cool. guy's got scruples. And so he's in this bar, and he's writing this note, and he's about to go outside because he sees all these bounty hunters coming after him. He's he's trying to, he's just talking to the bounty hunters. He's like, just hang on a second, guys. He holds up the sign, and he it says, Eddie Letts, I'm forming a crew. Are you in? And that's the son of the princess that got killed, or the queen, or whoever. And all of a sudden, all these bounty hunters just get blown up. I mean, this guy's just sniping them like crazy. And it's Eddie basically saying, yeah, I'll be a part of your crew. <laughs> and that's how it left off. All right. Um, downside. I don't think this is very heavily ordered. If you can find it, get it. Go to the Vault's website. Order some of their books. Um, I know in the most recent previews, two of the books that I'm getting, they're already releasing the trades in like early, early next year. Oh, yeah. So um, you can certainly find them through the previews. Put them on your pull file. Get them ordered. Vault is killing it right now. Probably my second favorite publisher going right now. After Marvel. No. Aftershock. Oh, we had to have a mention of them in, in at least once. The next one is the question number one um, by O'Neill and Cohen. Uh, I happened to just stumble across this. I was putting books away the other day. And I'm like, question number one. Reasonably priced. Yes, please. The art in this is amazing. It's the introduction to the question. Have you read more issues of this? Yeah. Okay. It's great. All the, the way through. The end of the book confused me because it says the end, but it left it with a cliffhanger. I'm assuming they kind of clarify some stuff in future issues. Yeah. Okay. They do. Um, yeah. It might be that that was just going to be a one shot. And then they were like, you know, it sold so well that we were just going to keep going with it. Yeah, that, that could be. This was absolutely amazing. I don't have a ton of background on the question before Renee Montoya, but I always like the character. He reminds me of what Batman is supposed to be, a true detective and going out and fighting the underworld stuff. He's a TV reporter who gets these uh, tips from people around town and uses them to go not only smash heads, but then to report the news about them. This is fantastic. Read it. Now, the book that irritates me the most this week, I saw an article Saturday about something, and I'll talk about that in just a second, but it made me call the shop, go, hey, do we have any Batman Universe? Five. Yes. Okay. Pull one. Drop it in my file. I'll come and get it. So my, the article I saw just irritated me so much that I wanted to read it so I could talk to you guys about it. Um, this is by Bendis and Durnt, Durnton. I thought it was going to be J.R.J.R. I can't believe how much I laughed at this book. There's one part. Vandal Savage is in it. He's getting into a fight with some or yelling at somebody on the phone. And let's see. I, and I'm Vandal Savage and you don't question me. And you can tell he hung up the phone and it says, damn millennials. But my favorite, my all time favorite part in this book was Batman and Nightwing are in the Batcopter and they're flying over the ocean. And Nightwing says, a submarine. And Batman says, smart. Nightwing goes, Thank you. I've been identifying ships at sea since I was a little boy. <laughs> There's a lot of humor to this. It Okay. It's a way different take on Batman. It's definitely a fun little read. 
Now, the part that irritates me and this why I picked it up was I saw an article that said that Batman had become the most powerful Green Lantern of all time, ever. I didn't know he'd become a Green Lantern. <clears throat> hmm. So, I don't know what took place in the first four issues of this book. However, uh, apparently there's a whole bunch of time jumping. The beginning of the book, he ends up in Crime Alley, and he thinks he's dying because he got shot in the Old West, and then somehow got warped back to the future. So, I, I, I don't know exactly what's happening in this book. However, Vandal Savage has this egg, and Batman has a notion that is connected to the Green Lanterns, so he starts reciting the oath. At one point he says, I am not afraid of you, Savage. I have no fear. And then he starts saying the Green Lantern oath. And he turns into the White Lantern. What? God. He turns into the White Lantern, but he's the greatest Green Lantern of all time? Uh, they got their colors mixed up there. Um, Comic book article. And anytime anybody tries to touch him, so like Nightwing was going over to like talk to him and t- try to touch him, and the ring automatically started protecting him. So like all these like nails came out of his body. That's irritating. The so. Green Lantern Corps, all of the Green Lantern Corps, shows up on this submarine, or in the sky above the submarine, to take him down. And Batman's like, oh no, there's, there's a mistake. You guys all know who I am. And they're like, yeah, hand over the ring. And I'm not going to do that. I'm Batman. And he's like, oh, okay, whatever. Just don't attack me because there's this defense mechanism on it. And there's a big burst of energy. And he, I'm not going to get into the last page because I know where it's going. However, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. It was a very funny book. However, it really frustrates me to no end that they just won't let Batman be Batman. They gotta put him on. They've got everything. to do something with him all the time. Why can't he not just be the question or the Batman from the the three books you had me read? That Batman, yes. Why does he have to be some space hero and everything else? Because I've read some Brave and the Bold where he he teamed up with Green Lantern and he went out to space to find a guy that committed a murder in Gotham. And I mean, leave him on Earth, leave him in Gotham, let him be the world's greatest detective. Detective being the key word, solving crimes. I mean, at this point, Angela Lansbury, for murder she wrote, is a better detective than Batman is. She's got she's a, a better, better detective. She's got a better track record. Win-loss record. And I'm just pretty sure she's the one that's still doing all the murders, because, I mean, that's a lot of murders for such a small town. Yeah. But, anyhow, Batman, just let him be. Stop giving him all these freaking powers. Why does he need to have this? Because he's a mutant. It just chaps my hide. Yeah, I think you need to to lay off the Batman for a little bit. You keep getting angry at all the Batman books. <laughs> well, I got that because they're like Batman becomes the great, world's greatest green, or the most powerful Green Lantern ever. I'm like, no, no. And then he turns out to be one. And then I read the stupid thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, that's what I had. All right, cool. Well, I had a better time with mine. First up, Adam's family one shot called The Bodies Issue. Um, it's from IDW. This is really funny. So Wednesday is bored with all her torture devices. They're all secondhand. They're all antiques. And she wants to find a new way of torturing her family. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she talks to her mom, and her mom's like, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll think about this. And grandma's like, well, why don't you show her the grimoire in the basement or in the library? There's a grimoire in the library? Right? And Wednesday runs downstairs and... Comes across Uncle Fester's 
ransom note making table where he's got all these magazines and they're all cut up and <laughs> awesome. And she finds a magazine called Eleventeen, <laughs> and she's like, "I could torture people with normality." Yeah. That's true. She could. And so it goes through all this, and you know, she she realizes that the best thing to do is to be yourself and don't be somebody else. Just you think that would be better, but you should always be yourself because that's what Adamses are. They're always just themselves. And her mom, Morticia, takes her and shows her the grimoire and. The, the one part that bugged me was it's it opens a portal to the H.P. Lovecraft universe and just a whole bunch of like these crazy H.P. Lovecraft tentacle demons come out of the... Other than that, it was good. It's kind of worth the four ninety nine. It's really heavy duty. I mean, this book is so damn heavy. It's got a nice thick cover on it. Yeah, it looks like it's a good... Looks like it's a good thick book. Beefy. Beefy book. It's beefy. It's beefy. Where's the beef? In the Adam's Family book. Yep. And then I picked up Crone by Dark Horse number one. This is a story of kind of what happens when Red Sonia gets old, right? This this lady's name is Bloody Bliss, right? And she's it starts out she's fighting this guy named Despair and then it fast forwards quite a while and there's this old witch that lives in the woods and these guys are going to go talk to her and it's really hard to describe. But Despair comes back and they need her help to to fight him. She's like, I'm old. I gave a vow never to fight again to somebody I loved, and they never show who it was in this one. But it's actually pretty cool, like, to see this old woman just about to go start kicking ass. The art in this is amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Wow, this looks fantastic. It's a good book. The next one I picked up was Black Terror number two from Dynamite. I'm a huge Black Terror fan. Just like the Death Defying Devil is over the top weird, this one you find Black Terror. He's in a cage, and there's a whole bunch of, like, cultists around him. And they somehow figured out that they can take his power out of him and give it to all of them. And they're just having this wild, crazy orgy kind of thing. They're, like, floating in the air. They're, like, doing all this other crazy crap. You hear, like, rave music going on and stuff like that. And just through this whole thing, you're just like, he's going to get out. He's going to mess these guys up. (laughs) It's so weird. And I know I haven't read the first issue. Second issue is just maybe a little too weird for me. It's weird. It's, Too weird for Nick. It's not the Black Terror. I'm used to him flying around, kicking ass, and this was just like, here's this crazy cult that's trying to use his powers. And next up, probably my last one, Legion of Superheroes number one by Brian Michael Bendis. Awesome. It's really good, and it takes you from the perspective of Superboy going into the 31st century knowing absolutely nothing, because there's so many new Legionnaires that you have no idea who they are. And the cool thing is that the Legionnaires have decided they made this crazy technology that anytime you look at one of them, you get a status bar over their shoulder. And it'll say, like, Superboy, Powers, Super Everything, Home Planet Krypton, Worst Fear, blah, blah, blah. And you look at Stargirl, and it'll be like, Stargirl, blah, 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 Worst Power, you know, kind of makes sense. It's pretty cool. Um, Got me interested. But there's one character in here that I think might make Ryan kind of interested in. This This is a story, like, Earth is destroyed, and they're trying to... Superboy's like, what happened? And they're always like, well, if you would come to our orientation meeting, we would just have told you about this. And it goes through the whole thing. He's like, what's this? Well, if you went to the orientation that we set up, it's pretty funny. But they have a whole bunch of characters in this one panel. There's a yellow lantern in the Legion of Superheroes. Is that yellow or orange? That's yellow, right? No, that, that is yellow. Yep. 
I was like, hmm. what? <laughs> Interesting. Where's the status bar on him? And there's a um, uh, Dr. Fate. Yeah. He's in there too. It's like, holy crap. That is a powerful team. But they don't just live in the city of Metropolis anymore. They live on, they took over the whole planet. So the whole planet Earth that's remaining is Legion headquarters. Because there's so many Legionnaires. I'll read it. Right. He's still not interested. I know. I know. He's I'm not. not no, I'm, and I'm not saying that. I think the problem I've always had with the Legionnaires is there's so many of them. And I know you can come back and say that about the Green Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. What the Green Lantern Corps typically is a primary focus on maybe two or three individuals, a couple of side characters kind of thing. Yeah. This basically has like 12 main characters. See, and I, I have such a hard time keeping up when you get that many people involved. Yeah. That's where my biggest problem is with it. I'm an X-Men veteran. It makes no difference to me. <laughs> it's almost like that, yeah. Do you want to talk about this one, Ryan? Green Lantern, Black Stars? I want to hear the rage. I want to hear nerd rage. This makes no goddamn sense. No, it doesn't. It, nothing in this book made any sense. No, no. I read it, knowing it's only three issues, thinking, you know what? They're going to build up to something that's going to make an impact. Uh, what Morrison's doing is with the Green Lantern run, he's doing it by basically like seasons. So I'll run issue one through 12. And then they went over to this and then they'll start up the next season with a new issue number. Or I, I'm assuming they're picking up with 13. I don't know. But it'd be season two, whatever. So Hal is now a black star. Supposedly the Green Lantern Corps has never existed. It was all a dream. So are the Guardians. The, I have Watcher in my head. I know that's not right. It's Mongol. No, not Mongol. The the guy that runs the Black Stars. Oh. It's like another version of the Guardians to an extent. The Like I said, it made no sense. Yeah. His right-hand man, or woman, and Hal are hanging out. And she goes, yeah, so our leader wants us to get married to bring in a new world of Black Stars. And then they, that's when they talk about how the Green Lantern Corps never existed, blah, blah, blah. And the leader finally shows up on the planet. And he is very much like Black Bolt. He doesn't mm-hmm. talk. In the but when he does, he well, we don't know what he does. Kicks the shit out of people. Is the woman that Hal's marrying does all the talking for him, and he he goes out and says, "Okay, he's going. Hal's going out to get my wedding gift," and it shows him over Earth. Now, my biggest problem with the Morrison run, I have no problem with Grant Morrison at all. To be honest, he is just out there a little bit. And he's one of those that you need to read multiple times. The whole thing. Yeah, you I can't think. start. You, it's very hard to do issue by issue. It's easier if you see the big picture. You got to go out and get like the trade and read it. Yeah. As a trade. Uh, if you're going month by month, it you kind gets of very confusing mm-hmm. on what's actually happening. Forget what the plot is. And you get is. frustrated with it. I think that's going to be what's happening here as well. And he makes such weird creatures. And I don't have a problem that he's making all these weird aliens or whatever. Where I kind of have the problem is, at least translate it so we can understand it. I think there's one kid in there that he talks through half, uh, or he starts with the like end of his sentence, and then it picks up the middle, or beginning of the sentence, and it ends at where the first, or the middle of the sentence started at okay. I'm, I'm, lost. I'm like okay yeah. I'm so lost. here is here is the dialogue that he's talking about Vocratus are me 
You two want me to do me when free you set. Then leave to me if you we. So he wants him to do her. You got more out of it than I did. I have no See, idea. It's backwards. So, so see if you want to leave then. Set you free when me do what me want to you. Still glad makes no sense. I'm glad I didn't, no sense. I'm glad I didn't pick this up. Yeah, I think he's just trying. Like him and Alan Moore have this competition on who can write the weirdest crap. And he's winning. <laughs> um, I really want this to be good. I really, really want this to be good. I will continue to buy it. No matter what, just... So Grant Morrison is the guy that you have to read it once, set it aside for about a decade, and then go back and read it, and it might make more sense. Because that's what I did with the new X-Men run. I read it the first time, I was like, I don't get this, and now I'm going back and reading that, and it's making a lot more sense to me. That one is actually the most, the easiest one to read. Yeah. Like, if you read his... Doom Patrol? His Doom Patrol is okay. That one you have to read the whole thing mm-hmm. to get through. No, like his Novar, his the the Uranian or whatever his name is that he made for Marvel, who was the takeoff of Marvel Boy, with the gauntlets that Quasar had. That book makes no damn sense, and everybody's like, "Hey, it's so good." I'm like, "No, it's weird, and it's, it's it doesn't. I don't know." I like Grant Morrison when he was doing Doom Patrol, but now it's just like I read comic books because I enjoy. Reading them, it puts yeah. me in another world. Yeah. I don't want to have to do a you lot don't... of deep thinking. I don't care. You know, I'm okay with doing an occasional book where you're like, oh, I'm trying to figure out who did it. That was really cerebral. Or you're looking for clues or something. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. Occasionally. I should not have to get out a freaking dictionary every single time I read a book. He didn't use Grammarly to fix his sentences. I know he's trying to... I mean, because the alien, you know, aliens, are they're not going to all be talking in a normal language. Just have them be speaking English like in Star Wars. Some kind of translator or something. Just make it so it's understandable. It's just, and that's where my problem is with. Yeah. Now, and that's not Liam Sharp, the, Sharp that's doing the uh, art either. That they For, for the series, they got somebody else doing it. All right. Is that all we got for that? Yeah, that's all I got. Is that all you got to say about that? All right, now we're going to go into the list. And this week's list was the top ten trades you must read. That we would recommend. Or we would we would recommend before you die. Yep. You want me to go first or you want to go first? Uh, I can go first. Okay. This took a lot of time, but I came up with some stuff here. Number ten, Kingdom Come. Nine, Elephant Men. Eight, Bone. Seven, Superman, Red Sun. Six, Blue Estate. I love that book. Five, Hawkeye, Fractions Run. Four, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Hard Traveling Heroes. Three, Next Wave, Agents of Hate. Two, DC Universe, Stories of Alan Moore. I like that one because you get a whole mess of stuff, plus the Killing Joke. Because the Killing Joke was on my list, but there's so many good Swamp Thing stories and uh, some Green Lantern stories and some other stuff that he did. Uh, whatever happens, uh, Man of Tomorrow. All those are in this book. It's a fantastic read. And number one for me, Lock and Key. Okay, I'll go next. I got number ten, Court of Owls. Number nine, Mutant Massacre. Number eight, Blackest Night. Number seven, 
Hard Traveling Heroes. Number six, Umbrella Academy. Number five, Inferno. Number four, Watchmen. Number three, God Loves, Man Kills. Awesome, creepy-ass X-Men. You gotta read it. It's really good. Number two, Identity Crisis. And number one, my all-time favorite, The Dark Phoenix Saga. Such a pivotal book, you gotta read it. What you got, Nick? Still working on it. Alright. <laughs> you were expecting more Green Lantern, weren't you? Uh, I kind that's of, why, yeah. That's why I put more X-Men in mine. <laughs> I'm gonna take, um, so, I'm taking the, the ones that we have repeats. So, okay. if X-Men God Loves Man Kills was on my list too, was it? I'm gonna take that one off. Yeah. Lock and Key. This is no disrespect to these books. I just... It's a repeat. We're just gonna... I'm just, I don't want to repeat. So, number 10, The Life and Death of Captain Marvel. Number 9, Iron Man, Demon in a Bottle. Number 8, Batman, Long Halloween. Number 7, Avengers Forever. Number 6, The Tick, Karma Tornado. Number 5, The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck. Number 4, The Rocketeer. Number three, New Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Number two, Hercules, Prince of Power. And number one, John Constantine, Hellblazer, Volume 1, Original Sins. That's a good one, too. All right. That's what I like about doing this is because I knew we were going to all come up with, for the most part, different stuff. Completely forgot about Demon in a Bottle. That is so good. I think we had a couple of repeats on ours. We did have a couple of repeats. But, I mean, so you got 26, 27 books. Yeah, that you can go check out easily and get them on sale at Krypton on Black Friday. God loves man kills. I've read it twice. If you want to borrow it, it's up there. So okay. I've read it twice. And I got to finish one thing first. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. What? Who is it? Uh, Stryker. Mm-hmm. William Stryker yep. and his. Oh my God, he's so creepy in that book. Yeah. Yeah. And just uh, Kitty Pride just going off on Misty. Yep. You know, what if they were black? Yep. What would you be saying about it then? You know, yep. oh, they're just mutants or something like that. <laughs> it's just like, what if they were? Chris Claremont yeah. was all. That's an awesome Chris Claremont story. Just the just the scene with the the swing set, and it has the little pink, like the, pe- the paper on it that says "Mutie" on it or whatever. Yeah. And, oh God. It's really yeah. Dark and it's really good. Anyway, anybody I'll got first? Okay. Yeah. Anybody got anything else? Yes. Okay. Okay. So I saw a. Uh, somebody uh, put the question out there that if you could change one thing about DC, what would it be? And I thought I would throw it out to you guys and see what your comment would be. Mine would be not having Batman in every single book and being this omnipotent overlord god thing would be nice. It was kind of nice. Like I said, it was kind of nice when you gave me those three books. And he wasn't... He wasn't a dick. He actually, you know, was a detective. I keep saying he was a detective, and it was, it was just a change of pace from everything that we've read of Batman. I wish... No, that's that's pretty much it. Funny part is, that's what I put down. Is that Batman what would be a detective. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What would I change about DC? That's a... That's, it's a tough one. Um, there are some great things about him, like when they... When they decided to do Countdown in 52, you know, when they took Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman out of it completely. Yeah. 
and it was just like stories about everybody else. That was fun. I think there's characters that they have forgotten about that they need to bring back. Blue Beetle. <laughs> They're never going to do that. I can't keep bringing that up. I do. I will. Because I want it. I want to see Supernova back from 52. Or, yeah. or Countdown. Was it Countdown or 52? Um, We'll say that was Count. I think it was Countdown. Countdown. Because he was an interesting character, even though he did become, or he was, Booster Gold. But... It'd be interesting to or see if it sister. wasn't, you know? <laughs> yeah. What, what, like, if, if it was his sister, like, bring her in. Yeah. I would like to see more of these characters. You focus more on your, your D quest characters. Would you say more B characters? C characters? Just something that's not the main three. I agree. I get it that Superman sells a lot of magazines, but you flood the market with them, and then we're just like, who cares? Yep. If you're going to constantly just do, well, you gotta read, Adventure Superman. Then you got to read Superman. Then you got to read Superman Man of Steel. Then you got to read comics. Superman, Super Superman. You know, action comics. Right. And it's yeah. like, I don't want to read four books in a month to know a storyline. Give me just give me a storyline in one. Throw the other ones away. Just keep action comics. We don't need. Oh, it's got a thousand two hundred issues now. Who cares? I mean, I understand if they have to do in it, like the first two issues. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman are kind of involved in it to. Get that initial right. hook. But then they're like, yeah, you guys got this. And then just disappear. All right. I would love to see that. But it goes back to my whole, give me the B-list characters. I want to see more of that. I and am, I'm not talking like Green Lantern Corps or anything no, like that. I'm talking, I, I enjoyed Aquaman like in the new 52. Yeah. Dead Man. The Creeper. The some Question. New Gods. The Question. I could live I without the New Gods. But <laughs> I, I get where you're going. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Maybe simple, that's what I would do. They've got a whole bunch of How would you fix Marvel? God. Stop with the big events. No more crossovers, please. Let the X-Men be in the X universe. Yet the let the Avengers be in the Avengers universe. Let everybody be back in there. Keep the continuity, but not make it Oh, it's a twelve issue arc here. Make it guest starring the Punisher. Part one. Part one. Of three. Excalibur. Part two. New Mutants. Yeah. Like, ugh. Stop it. You gotta go and buy different books. Or the tie-ins that have nothing to do with that storyline. Yep. Well, that's DC's fault, too. That's a big problem. I'm tired of the big event. My gut instinct is finally kill Aunt May. But, um... (gasps) Sacrilege! No. You fiend! They need to get rid of her. They need to get rid of her. Peter's old enough. They need to get rid of they her. They can move on. What I would say is, I don't think it's necessary to have... I'm going to use Deadpool as an example. Why do we need five Deadpool books? We don't. We don't, right. We don't need more than what? maybe two X-Men books. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying is, you've got this complete, com- incredibly huge database of characters you can do anything with, but the same ones keep appearing in every book. Deadpool, X-Men... I mean, that was, that was always one of my biggest problems with X-Men was that there's so many X-Men and then you think you found a character you like, but you found out they're only guest appearing for the first 12 issues and then they're going back to their, and you're like, well, I don't know anything about X-Men. You know, Spider-Man is another one. You know, there's a lot of characters you can do something with and I would say probably pull back a little bit on multiple books featuring the same yeah. characters. But I will, I want a caveat here. 
Symbiote Spider-Man, the series, is coming out in December. So I'm okay with that. But keep going, Ryan. Well, you know, I say Spider-Man, but I'm okay with Spider-Man 29. It's a different character. Yeah. It's not, oh, this is another story of Peter Parker swinging from a different building this time. Things like that just drive me insane. Or the constant relaunches. And this is, I'm shooting myself in the foot here because I, the reason I never really got into Marvel was because by the time I started reading comics, Marvel was so far into their number runs. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man was in like the 400s or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or Amazing Spider-Man was. And X-Men were really up there. And Fantastic Four were up there. And I really wanted them to kind of relaunch one time and give me a fresh start or, you know, they, do something like the Ultimate Universe type deal. They did that with the X-Men. And they and did. Then, and then they started doing it again and again and again yeah, and, and again. <laughs> and now you have, what, how many different versions of Amazing Spider-Man were on like the fifth or eighth? This is volume current? five. Is it volume five? This is volume five. And if you go back and look, the last four were all in the, within the last ten years. So, I did appreciate the fact that they relaunched it so I could feel like it. Because, for me, I'm a completist. I have a I, I have big issues with, like, uh, Nick picked up number two of, what was it? Black, Black Terror. Terror. Before I would even be able to read that, I'd have to track down one so I knew it was actually happening. Because, in my mind... That's kind of what I'm doing with West Coast Avengers right now. So, yeah. I... I wish I could be like Nick and just be able to pick something up like that and go. But for me, I, I struggle with that. Oh, no, I got a whole box back there of uh, New Universe books that I can't read because I don't have issues two or three. Yeah. But I have 14 through 20. <laughs> but at the point you're collecting them, you also kind of know, Yeah. okay, it's over with. Now you can track those down kind mm-hmm. of thing. The X books, I, I went back as far as I could afford. Yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. It was easier when we were little. Yep. Or younger, because comics weren't that much as they yeah, are today. Not like or they are now. If you're going to do that, I mean, even re-release them in trades or something. So yep. it's easy for people. Not these masterworks. I love the masterworks. Don't get me wrong. But they need to be more in that essential line mm-hmm. where it's an affordable thing. Because what we're seeing is we're seeing the market is full of adults. And most of them are speculators. You're not seeing the kids going in and picking up books no i had a kid ask me the other day do you have amazing or what is it uh amazing fantasy 15 like the first spider-man yeah yeah i go i've got we got a reprint (laughs) we got a poster because you want to read it right and he's like yeah i just want to read it so he wanted to buy that reprint issue some reprints of that stuff then they used to even the marvel tales is expensive yeah they used they used to they used to do that. They used to do facsimile copies of it. Yeah, yeah. They don't do and that they, anymore. They, well, they've done. Well, they a few don't need recently. to because they don't. They don't have to do like a classic X Men or a Marvel Tales because oh. you can go buy the graphic novels. But it would be nice if they they would do something like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, like. But so twenty twenty name that year for uh, the year that we refocus on Fantastic Four and then relaunch the essentials of the Fantastic Four or something like that. And make it a deal. Don't, you know, make it here. If you want to know what actually happened from the get go, here's the essentials. And then now you're, you know, you kind of keep up to date. I could see Marvel going unlimited, blah, blah, blah per month. You can read all the comics you want. I mean, that's still better than nothing. I just, yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I totally get it. 
But they could do what DC did when they brought out their showcase presents and make them nine bucks. They, you know, they don't yeah. need to make them nine dollars, not nineteen. Expensive. No, it doesn't have to be twenty you, bucks. You already made your money on this book. Yeah. You already dicked over the artist and the writer of this book, so you might as well just kind of like milk it for a little bit more. Just make a, an essentials book, sell it for nine dollars on crappy paper, and <laughs> I picked up the essential um, X Men one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And I've read one and two. I just got to finish three now. But it's all the books I can't afford. You know, because they're too expensive. So I don't mind that it's black and white and it's on crappy newspaper. I actually like that's how I learned how to read comics. Yeah. It's on crappy newspaper. So I think the other thing I, I would really like to see, and this is for both companies, is. Um, lost it. Oh, no. Oh, it's gone. I think they should focus oh. on... There you go. The See? movies. Okay. Great. Nick Fury's in a movie. The character does not need to look like that. Keep the original Nick Fury. I agree. Aquaman, to point out DC's side, doesn't need to have the big old arm tattoo or whatever. And look like... What's his bucket? Chase Momoa. Yeah. I understand why they're doing it, because they're hoping to drive sales. It's not. It's not. It really isn't. It's just pissing off the people that... Have enjoyed it. You know, if you're going to do that, do it to, uh, they have like the movie preludes or whatever. Go ahead. Do that. But with the regular books, don't change the look of the characters to adjust to what the Marvel or DC Universe movie world looks like. But Captain America has to wear a helmet. It's like, no. No, he doesn't. Stop it. He he does have America's ass. He does (laughs) have America's ass. That is still the best line from that movie. That is America's ass. Anyway. No, this is good. I like when we go off script. So, just... uh, There's a lot of stuff that can be fixed. And I'm not asking for everything to be fixed. It's just stuff that bugs me. I want them to focus for a little bit on the, the big three of Marvel. The ones that were... Who are you deeming the big three? Avengers... We've had enough Avengers, so we can scratch the Avengers out of there, okay? Let's go Fantastic Four. Let's go... They're already trying to breathe life into the X-Men, but I don't think they're doing a good job so far. Which is funny, because when you read those first six books, the you're book, like, I want book, them to write this forever. Here's here's what the problem with it is, is they shot their wad in that first 12, those first 12 issues. They put everything into this event, and now it's like, well, this isn't as good as... House of X or Powers of Ten. So, because now you're dealing with the repercussions of that storyline. Yep. Like, oh, all mutants are allowed on Krakoa. Yep. All of them. Yep. Every single evil mutant. Yep. Has a place now, and and they're they're supposed to coexist. That's what we talked about. I know, but it still makes no. It it doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why is on the island. Right. Or and now you got Jamie Braddock there. He knew who I was talking a about. Complete <laughs> bastard. Didn't know who you're talking when about, is Proteus going to show up? Is, he showed he's up, showing up already, right? He showed up in House of X. Right. He hasn't so, shown up in the books yet. We'll, 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 we'll wait till that he shows up there. And I think they went a little too weird. Yeah. <laughs> with that book, and I'm starting to read the the more I'm reading the new ones, I'm like. I thought I was excited. This isn't the story I thought I was going to get. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just want 
Kitty Pride, the pirate, and her group, and that's it. What I would really like to see is go with the image model. Create. You have to use our characters. Yep. But create whatever story you want. Keep it PG thirteen, so it's accessible for almost all ages. Don't go completely off the wall, kind of thing. Let's open it up. Let's see what these guys will do with something. Yeah. And I think that's what they did with Hickman on X-Men. Yeah, and and I had it built up in my mind as something different, and I'm not getting... I'm kind of disappointed with what I'm getting. But I think they need to take the training wheels off some of these guys and just let them run. Mm Mm-hmm. And see what they can do with some of these characters. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's where you get the best stories is when... You just let them go. You let them go. I mean... Look what Image is doing. That's what Aftershock's doing. That's what the Vault's doing. Okay. I will say Donny Cates, they're letting him do whatever he wants right now. Yeah. And I'm excited for, what is it? The Revenge of the Cosmic Ghost Rider? Yeah. Is coming out soon. I'm excited to see that. He's taking over Thor. And I really liked his Silver Surfer Black. If he just quit bringing in the symbiotes and Null and stuff like that, I know he's a huge Venom fan. Right. I want to see what he can do without Venom and the symbiotes. Kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy. He's doing it. He's killing it in Guardians of the Galaxy right now. And there's no symbiotes. And there's no... Right. So. Well, you know, in a lot of the comments that I saw on that post were... Get rid of Bendis. So I'm like, Bendis impresses me. Bendis and Bun. Colin Bun impress me more than any other writer I've ever read and the reason for that is they're both doing like 14 books a month (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they're keeping it all straight in their head and that is pretty damn impressive pretty impressive yeah except he ruined nick's star lord yeah he did that's okay (laughs) that's okay (laughs) i have the old ones i can just go back and reread but no blaming brian michael bendis on everything gets really tiring crappy I mean, it's not his fault that he got assigned 15 books. He's just prolific. And he has a great imagination, and he he can just write characters, and he can write interpersonal dialogue mm-hmm. like nobody else. Right. Um, anybody who wants to complain about Brian Michael Bendis, go back and read Torso. Go back and read Goldfish, and read the roots of him. Read the all-new X-Men. That run was pretty phenomenal. Right. Um, you just want to blame one guy for comics. I mean, that's kind of crap. His Not guard- every story is going to hit with you, and I get no. that. And his mean, Guardians run was awesome too. Yeah, I yeah. it just it made me think, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to ask the guys about this and see what they think. See, there there's two things that bug me about comic books and the people who read them or don't read them but still want to talk about them. One is I'm going to blame everything on Brian Michael Bendis, and two, Aquaman talks to fish. he's not the 70s cartoon character guys he's somebody different than that not everything since the 70s has been written by hannah barbera so please get your head out of your mom's basement go outside buy an aquaman book and find out what that character is actually like by the trench right the trench was phenomenal go Go buy something by Brian Michael Bendis that's not Marvel or DC. Find out what he was really like before he was bombarded with money. Because if 
was he got he got to work for two of the largest comic maybe three of the largest comic book companies in the world throwing money at him and i'm sorry i don't care who you are if you're an artist or a writer and somebody goes hey i'm gonna throw a bunch of money at you and you don't have to be starving anymore right are you not going to take it? I'm not going to sell out. I want to eat mac and cheese in my basement. Yeah, I'm, I'm no. selling out. I'm yeah. telling you right now, I'm selling out, and I'm selling out hard. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna take that check, and you're gonna write that book. Yep. And I've, I've seen people talk to Donny Cates on Twitter about how he sold out. Yep. It's, it's like no, he's just got to a level where he deserves what he's getting. Exactly. Not he's selling out. He just got to a point where people started to recognize who he was and started buying all his books, and he got pretty famous. So and Marvel went, here's your money. Here's your money. You, you can still do the side projects. Mm-hmm. Like Colin Bunn still does well, uh, Dark Horse and the Sixth Gun. And, and Image, yeah. So, yeah, um, you you take the money that Marvel and DC are going to give you, and you... You give them what they want, but you still do the stuff that you, you want to do. You, you get to do the creator-owned. You get to do right. what you want to do on the side. And that money you're getting from Marvel and DC is funding you being able to do that side do stuff. That stuff. See, I remember I talked to a writer, and I can't remember who it was, so forgive me there. But uh, I, I had the honor of going out to eat with him nice. um, after them visiting the shop. And um, we were talking a little bit. And he's somebody I really liked. Again, I just I'm blanking on who it is. Like I call him under my head. And I know it's not him. But they, he said that he was he was strictly Marvel. DC offered him a bunch of money, but Marvel would let him do his side projects. DC said no. I would stay. Oh, exclusive deal. And he ripped that thing up. Yeah, I, like I would have stayed up. And I was so up. disappointed in that, but I understood why. Because mm-hmm. he wanted the freedom. The, a lot of these guys are working their tails off, creating these products for us nerds to enjoy. And complain about. And Yeah. And deal with us complaining about their stuff. And deal with being on Krakoa. <laughs> but a lot of times they're doing it so they can fund the projects they're actually passionate about. Mm-hmm. Yep. I get it. That's why I never... Never say to a musician or an artist or anybody like that, hey man, you sold out. How dare you not make music in your, your basement for the rest of your life and and only eat bread for dinner? You know, the point of getting into music is chicks and money. Right. That's pretty much what you get into music for. Not anymore. Now no. it's about, I'm an artist and this is my expressions. No, that's <laughs> not right. You're... You ask any musician backstage, yeah, and not on a mic, yeah. and they're going to tell yeah, you they're, it's about getting it's the chicks, and chicks the money, and the money, and the beer, and, and the, the drugs, drugs, and the drugs, and that's what it's about. <laughs> well, I didn't think it was going to go that well with a discussion. Yeah, I honestly figured you guys would throw out a couple things, and it just no. But I think that was a good one. Uh, yeah. Well, this episode did run a little long. That's okay. So we're gonna cut it here. Uh, yeah. Have fun. Read more comics. We'll see you next week. It's been Kirk. Brian. And Nick. Bye. See you. 
long, long ago, when the good king died, an evil sorcerer named Renwick claimed the crown for himself. Young Prince Dexter ran for his life into the great forest with a kindly wizard in his lived <laughs> that he needs. Dexter became my first apprentice wizard, preparing for the day he would be king. But magic can be tricky. As he discovered when a backfiring brew created three little monsters, Winkle, Gump, and Boo. Three magic monsters and a young prince. I call them the little wizards. <laughs>